Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O. Noel, finish this sentence for me. Life is too short for... Bullshit. Ooh, bullshit. Okay, pass the ball back and then... (laughs) then All right, John. Life is too short for... Uh, Low threat count. I think that, uh, yeah, these plastic crappy sheets that we spend money on, I mean, sleep is everything. So um, if you're going to buy anything, don't buy the shoes, buy, buy, buy some nice sheets. Did you by any chance get new sheets? Um, no, but I actually, uh, <laughs> I, I was having a really bad day yesterday and I realized why I was so annoyed. Um, I was wearing these shorts and under the shorts, I realized I was wearing these cheap um, like Target underwear that I bought uh, temporary on a trip a long time ago, and uh, they they're not breathable. And then it got me thinking like life is too short for stuff like this. And then it got me on this whole like uh, thought process of what life is too short for. Anyway, I tossed the okay. un- yeah, I tossed the underwear, but get the high high uh, high thread count sheets. Um, definitely yeah. a game changer. Hey now- guys, John's gonna be going through all of his. Caught in adorable goods real soon. Oh, absolutely. Now's the time. <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to talk about self-compassion. Um, of course, Noel will bring the science, and, and I'm obsessed with what things look like. So how do we apply something like self-compassion? Yeah, and, and I think the really interesting positioning that we're taking with self-compassion today is how you can actually use it as a superpower, both in your own internal world and then in your coaching practice as a coach. And it it was something that I had never considered. And it was mind blowing to me when I sat down to work things through for this episode. So I'm stoked about it. Um, Most people, especially people, you know, in our our line of work, uh, but also like, you know, nurses, any, any people in the helping field, they struggle with self-compassion. Why do you think that is? Self-compassion is really interesting because so often it's kind of juxtaposed against Mm self-esteem in our consciousness. And self-esteem is wonderful to have, but compared to self-compassion, it's kind of the watered down version and it can, you know, chip away at you very slowly if you don't use it wisely. And when we're looking at folks in the helping profession, we give so much. We give so much of ourselves that it's real work to turn that lens inward and say, I deserve it too. Yeah. So what's first of all, what does self-compassion look like for you? For me, self-compassion um, was, was really, my concept of it was formed by the work of Kristen Neff. And she says that when you experience moments of suffering, it's that is the time that you need to start looking outward and relating to others because you in your moment of suffering are not unique. Mm -hmm. Everybody experiences these kinds of downs and it's actually a way to connect to others, to other humans, to society, to our world and say in this moment of suffering, may I be one with all of civilization. Mm, well, what a, what a poetic definition. I love that. Um, for me, self-compassion is to do the best you can to um, love yourself without judgment. 
and and I, I say the yes. best I say the best you can because uh, you know it, it's so it's hard to do you know when we're talking about our relationship with self it's very easy to love other people but when it comes to um, ourselves it's really hard can be hard yeah and and I think you brought up a really interesting point so you said to you know love yourself as much as you can without judgment and so if you're if you're if you're showing judgment the door then you're creating space. And one of the things that that we need to talk about is when you create space emotionally, when you get rid of some junk that you've been hanging on to for a really long time because it served you at one time, perhaps judgment served you at one time, then you need to bring something else in so it's not sitting there empty. What else can you bring in besides judgment, which I love? I, like, I love this idea of bringing something else in because it's so visual. Yeah. And, and, you know, thinking about your container theory, like we're all empty containers. You mm -hmm. can fill your container with whatever you want. If you kick judgment out, um, for me personally, gosh, if I were going to show judgment the door, the first thing I would want to bring in is dancing and laughter and music mm. and joy. Yeah, I love that. How can self-compassion help you to better relate to others? I mean, that's, that's basically what we're talking about when it comes to self-compassion and coaching. Yeah. So self-compassion can actually protect you from harmful events of negativity, ego threats, and mm. life experiences. How? How is that so? Yeah. In a compassionate context, um, when, once you get the hang of self-compassion and you start looking out into the world and saying, you know what? Everybody suffers. Um, you begin to internalize that mm. every single human is imperfect, every single one. And every single human feels inadequate sometimes. Right. And when we're going through these kind of a hard times, it's really easy to beat ourselves up and feel like everybody has it together except for me. But when you really get rolling with self-compassion, it's like, huh, look at that. I'm imperfect just alongside the rest of humanity. Right. And you can really drop down and kind of form this buffer of resiliency when things start going wrong that you don't start beating yourself up. And then also looking out at the rest of the world and saying, you know what, I'm shoulder to shoulder with everybody else who's going through through this stuff. Yeah. You know, what resonates with me is when you said, um, internalizing. So, uh, when everyone suffers, but then you, inter I mean, suffering is, is part of life, of course, but when you, when you, um, internalize that, you think that you're defective or less than or broken, um, because you are going through a difficult time. I think that's where things get dangerous. You know, that's where you have to really come at it with self-compassion. You're right. And this is where, casting the lens towards self-esteem gets a little bit tricky because if we're clinging to positive self-concepts and saying, well, I just need to build myself up. I just need to, you know, fix whatever is wrong with me. We're not actually getting to the root of the problem that suffering is universal. Everybody is imperfect. And if we keep drilling towards bettering ourselves this becomes narcissistic and antisocial yeah and what a, what a great topic especially with what's going on in the world right now mm -hmm. yeah very much i was having this conversation with my mom last night mm. and she had a social distancing gathering she had two friends over in the backyard and she said i was really or she was really um shocked at how 
leery she felt of her friends, how she felt scared having people in her backyard. Mm. And I rarely get to share this science with my mom, but I got to tell her what I know about cows. And I said, hey, mom, you know, humans are a lot like diseased cattle. When we separate for the herd from a really long period of time, it's in the interest of the herd to keep the sick cow away. And so we start to internalize and view social exchanges as threats. Mm. Do you have an old telephone that rings? Because if you do, I think that's awesome. <laughs> or is that something else? <laughs> I have an old doorbell that rings. Oh, awesome. Um, I love the fact that you're actually having conversations with your mom about things like self-compassion. That is, that's amazing. It is amazing. And it's it's recent. It's a recent phenomenon when she's really kind of started to look at around at the world and notice how she's feeling. Mm -hmm. And she has um, two daughters. One is a therapist. The other is a coach. And so sometimes, just sometimes, she comes to us and says, what do you guys think about this? <laughs> I love that. That's, that's, uh, I think it's beautiful. It is. So Neff defined self-compassion as compassion. Uh, comprising of three key components. Um, mm -hmm. Should we go through them? Yeah. So the formula for self-compassion, according to Kristen Neff, is treating oneself kindly. Mm -hmm. And and I think that this particular um, point is deserving of some exploration. So what does it mean to you, John, to treat yourself kindly? So like the obvious would be, um, you know, to, to be uh, easier on myself, to allow myself some slack and all of that. But I also think treating myself kindly uh, also means self-discipline, also means the um, ability to draw boundaries and say, say no to myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. You're spot on. And I think it's really situationally specific. I had last week was just a horrible week and mm. I had low energy. I was struggling um, psychologically. There was kind of a traumatic thing that happened. And um, I defaulted to, you know, okay, let's get a pizza. Um, okay, yeah. you know, if, sure. if I can't go for a workout, at least I'll go for a walk. And so I was definitely negotiating with myself to accommodate for the really bad week. And then once that week was over, I was like, all right, time to get back to it. Healthy meals, working out. Yeah, so yeah. you're absolutely right. Kind of knowing when to ebb and when to flow with it. Yeah. So um, I'm an emotional eater. I struggle with uh, food, ordering out, um, you know, satisfying cravings all the time. So that's you know, food and work is where I struggle. So with food, um, just, you know, eating late at night, uh, ordering something, not because I'm hungry, but because uh, I just want want to taste that thing. Um, I think that because my dad's an alcoholic uh, or was, I think that that kind of impulsivity and extremes and chasing that high is, is it just wired in me. So um, that for sure, because I beat myself up when I, when I do uh, go on little binges and then also with work, if I um, if I'm not as productive as I want to be, I beat myself up. And so, like recently, having a daughter, uh, and there's two of us, so I'm, I'm not going to say it's a full time job, but maybe a part time job. I don't see that as a job, and so because I don't have as much time as I used to, I notice that um, you know I, I I I label myself as being less productive, and then with that comes you know. Um, you're going backwards, uh, you know, you're dropping the ball, you're, you're, you know, even like, you know, you're a loser, like that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. No bueno. No bueno. And I think that's where self-compassion um, and connecting to yourself and, and being kind, kinder to yourself uh, 
really kind of creates that. It gives you that uh, that vine to pull you out of that quicksand, or else you start sinking very fast. Yeah. And do you mind if we stay with this for a minute? Because yeah, I think it's sure. it's important. And thank you for being so vulnerable. So you know, when we were talking about that visual of the container, and you were talking just now, I was like, oh my god, John's filling his container with a whole bunch of really icky self talk. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and that you're not really aware of. That you're not aware of and you're sitting in it and you're living with it. And I think that's maybe one of the keys here is to be genuinely looking at your life and yourself and your lived experience as your very own container. And what am I filling it with today? What do I want to fill it with instead? What do mm -hmm. I need to, to push out of the container? Um, and that's where I think point two comes in really strongly is recognizing struggles as part of the shared human experience. Do you feel selfish? Well, do you feel selfish when you insert uh, healthier things into your container or not so much anymore where you're at in your life? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, on, on Monday I took the day off and I did something I haven't done in a really, really, really long time. I sat down and I read a novel. I mm, read Hemingway, nice. Uh, nice. The Sun Also Rises. And it's a beautiful book. I read it cover to cover in one sitting. Oh my and God. Then, um, Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a fast reader and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the characters. And then I poured myself a really nice glass of Spanish wine. And I, I had to really sit with myself and ask myself the question of why had I not allowed myself this experience of joy and enjoyment sooner. Mm. And so I think, you know, for me, because I am so disciplined with work and all of the responsibilities that I have and taking care of other humans and animals and plants and my family, um, that I deny myself that joy. So probably my work is to, is to bring it into the container. I don't think that I feel selfish so much as I feel that there's something better I could be doing with my time. Mm, right. And you mentioned when you're thinking about, or when you're telling us about Spanish wine and novels, um, the word that came to my mind as you painted that picture was mindfulness. And that is also tied to self-compassion, right? It very much is that you hold your painful thoughts and feelings and mindful awareness and, you know, let them exist as part of your experience rather than stuff them. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And then swap it out with something that you enjoy. Yeah. Which is a practice, of course. Right. Which um, is a practice. So going back to Neff, the other two, uh, number one being treating yourself kindly. Uh, number two is recognizing one struggle struggles as a part of a shared human experience. And, and Noel mentioned this earlier, um, just that recognition that you're you're whatever you're going through, you're not going through alone, that it's part of being human. Yeah. What What is what is that? And especially since we are now all so disconnected that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thinking about this from um, a human lens and from a coaching lens, that if if we can somehow mentally, emotionally and intellectually harness the fact that we are all right now part of a shared human experience, oh, yeah. does it make you feel more connected? Absolutely. And I think this is kind of uh, a huge part of coaching is um, 
without the announcement, uh, getting your client to feel that he or her is less alone in the world just because you are kind of doing mm-hmm. life with them in a way. Oh, very much so. And being able to, going back to the first point, treat yourself kindly actually gives you um, a better foundation to be of service to someone else because you're not beating yourself up. You're able to see the world through an optimistic lens. You're doing your part of self-care, taking care of yourself so that you can hold the light up for somebody else. Yes. And, you know, just leading naturally onto the third one, you're holding one's uh, painful thoughts and feelings in mindful awareness. So just this idea of holding space as a coach, um, that is self-compassion. Oh, yeah. And so painful thoughts and feelings. Let's tackle this one. Um, Because it sucks. It sucks when you're in pain. It absolutely sucks. There have been so many moments over the last um, couple of months where I've really just sat down and cried um, for lots and lots and lots of different reasons, whether it was a news piece or the state of the world or an injustice that I saw or uh, a personal um, hardship or something with somebody that I love. And, you know, I find that there can be exquisite beauty in pain. That is, um, that that's a game changer. This idea that there is a beauty in pain, because most people, when they feel pain, you know, that's when they sink. That's when their mindset changes. That's when they feel hopelessness. Um, but to actually uh, believe that there's beauty in pain, kind of then gets you to lead into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a highly sensitive person, super duper duper sensitive. I cry all the time. Um, And, you know, just to kind of look at myself in context and instead of holding the view of, you know, what the hell is wrong with me? Why can't I just snap it back together and do what I have to do to really sit there and say, this is who I am. I am so compassionate that I'm shedding tears because I feel so deeply and it's Mm. part of my own tapestry of life. Yeah. So guys, I want to kind of end with this, um, just bullet points of the outcomes of, of self-compassion as a practice. And of course, like mindfulness and, and, and self-betterment in general, it is a practice, right? It's not a, it's not a light switch. It's not something that you accomplish once. It's a lifestyle. Um, everyone has negative experiences and thoughts from time to time. Uh, a practice of self-compassion shapes how one chooses to respond to those thoughts when they arise. Um, For example, it is entirely possible to decide to act kindly towards oneself, even in the pressure of unfavorable thoughts. And then finally, uh, research shows that people that people high in self-compassion may be less likely to fuse um, or become entangled with negative self-concepts. It almost like it's almost like self-compassion. It protects you. You know, going back to that container idea that that uh, that I've been talking about, it almost acts as an invisible force field for your growth. It really does. It's like rubber. You know, Mm -hmm. remember that saying when we were little, um, I am rubber, you are glue, Glue. whatever you say (laughs) bounces off of me and sticks to you. Guys, that's what self-compassion does. I love it. (laughs) I love I love how Noel uh, takes a concept like self compassion and um, puts it into the the third the third grade, which is simplifying, which is great because that, that's what I gravitate toward. Um, listen, guys, if you yeah. if you guys um, are practicing self compassion, if you guys find that it's actually one of your superpowers, uh, know that it's also a coaching tool, and if you 
are uh, great at being compassionate towards yourself, you can also uh, help others be compassionate toward themselves. And that whole process, of course, is empowering. Yes. Come see us at Journey Coaching. This yeah. is all about creating that safe space as a coach and um, and within our community for each other. We love to have these conversations. Yeah. And as a reminder, guys, for the rest of the week, and Noel and I will do the same, practice self-compassion. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noel's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited, and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.